Hello, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 87 with Regina Pasondo, a young lady who came passing through Gigante who was just a joy to be around. You could see that she had a light inside of her that was really cool, and I wanted to get to know her a little bit better. We got to surf together one day, and I think she got the best way of her life. And just to see the joy on her face and, and the laughter and the screams and shrieks of just thrilling excitement just was really cool. So today I sat down with Regina, and we talked about coming from Mexico City and, and what it's like and where she's going and how she's planning on getting there and designing that life in the way that she's always wanted. If you like Misfits and Rejects and want to support Misfits and Rejects, you can do it on Patreon. Patreon's a platform for fans to support the artists and, and the content that they create via donation, whether it's $1, $5, $20 a month. It all is genuinely helpful. Thank you again to last month's donors, which were Cullen from Australia and Jay from San Diego. Huge help. You're buying beers for all the guests this month. So thank you again. And if you want to donate too, it's a huge help. If not, totally cool. Please feel free just to share it with a friend if you think the message is inspirational. And with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Regina Pasondo. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. Right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, I'm joined by the lovely Regina Pasondo, hey. a.k.a. Regina, <laughs> for all of us <laughs> Americans down here. But Regina came into town with the most vibrant personality that I think we've had in Gigante in a long time. And getting to know her, just really interesting lady from Mexico City young traveler, surfer, skater. And we've had a few males come through through Mex from Mexico City. Um, and I've only ever met like one El Salvadorian woman. We don't get a lot of like Mexican and Central American travelers in Gigante. So I was really excited to get get you on the show and just kind of hear like what you're about and what you're doing and why you're doing it and how life is for you and in Mexico, especially being an American. Because for us, the media paints Mexico as just like this disaster of a country with huge problems with the cartels and everyone's getting murdered and everyone's super scared. And I'm excited to hear what your experience is like, you know? For so sure. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much, JP. We're since, happy to have you. Yeah. I'm really happy to be here. I mean, since the first time I met you, I was just like, what is he doing over there? And you were like, so happy and going to serve. And for me, you're, like, really, really good friend. Oh, thank you. For we had sure. some really fun sessions. So recently, uh, we had some very big swells coming into Nicaragua. And Regina is a great surfer, but I think you're not super comfortable in very big waves. And we did go out to some very big waves, yeah. and you got some very big waves. Tell yeah. us about that experience for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I learned how to surf in Puerto Escondido. And since the first time I caught my first wave, I was just like, Super stoked, super crazy. It was just like the place to be for me. And then a lot of my friends were like, okay, you should push yourself. Like, I love my friends pushing myself. And we were there. And when the big swells come, I will just go and paddle out. 
like a lot of people will tell me what what were you doing over there it was just so crazy and you can get like getting caught in a wave or something like that and I was just like well I knew I wasn't gonna surf those waves but you wanted to paddle out <laughs> but I really wanted to feel the energy of, of the ocean and the energy of the people who were surfing over there because I was just like paddling it out and I, I have to dog dive and my arms were like no I cannot do it but my mom was just like yeah okay you just have to paddle out get into the safe place and over there you just can sit and watch all the show and you will hear them like screaming and the waves just like breaking and roaring and I was just like super happy to be there super super happy and once one of my friends told me because he saw me paddling out there was like a lot of currents and the waves were really big and he told me these words like if you control your breath, you control everything. Because I was just like, okay, oh my God, there's another way breaking on my head. And he saw me and he was just like so smooth, so perfectly. Like, yeah, if you control your breath, and I was just like, okay, I'll do it. So I control my breath. And later I, I read some really beautiful books about Conquer your fears, like use your fear. A lot of people are just like, okay, I don't want to feel fear. No, we all feel that. Just about embrace it. Okay, I'm fucking scared of these waves. I might die right now, but I'm gonna breathe. I'm gonna take my board. I just have to do it. I love it. That's a really cool attitude. Yeah. Did, you, did you grow up with a family who encouraged that kind of uh, yeah, totally. attitude? Yeah, my dad all the time, like, he taught me how to swim when I was just, like, three or mm -hmm. four. And I really like it. Like, all my family has, like, a lot of memories. Yeah, and you swim and you will go and jump into a pool and you didn't care. And I always loved the water and the ocean. And I think that's the reason I went to Puerto. I mean, because my dad was just, like, yeah, you want to find yourself, like, whatever. Can you just find yourself in here? No, in Mexico City? Yeah, like, like he's always, he loves me a lot, and I really love him. But for him, he wants a different future for me. Like, you're super intelligent, you can speak a lot of language, not a lot of them, but you can do it, You can. I can get you a really nice job. I'm just like, okay, thank you very much for that. I truly appreciate everything you do for me, everything you have sacrificed for me, but that's not me. Like, since we were little girls, my sister and I, I mean, we didn't struggle. Like, now I see a lot of people who is struggling with, like, okay, I don't have any food to give to my to my boys and we we were not poor but my dad had like these huge dreams like okay i want to build this and give you a future and everything but he kind of get kind of confused confused and about what i think about life priorities in life maybe priorities and 
family because I think since I was a little girl, he had another family. I I think, yeah, he had another family. Oh, like he had an affair on your mom or something? Yeah, totally. Oh, since I, I was like a four, five-year-old. Oh, I see. He found like another woman. The girl already had a girl. But he will go, like, all weekends and tell us, like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go to work. And we were, like, just like, yeah, Dad, go. But he had this crazy attitude, like, he was mad all the time. He was, like, yelling at my mom all the time. And my sister and I were just like, okay, well, I fucking love my mom. Mm. Like, my mom, for me, she's the one who raised me. Mm. Like... There's, like, a lot of situations when your dad always give you, like, the money because he thinks by giving you money, he's giving you love. But it's not. It's not the way to be. But at one point, you were living with your father, like, later in life, right? Later your mom, in life. Your mom raised like you, but then... Like, super later in life. Like, I've never think in any point of my life that I can build... A relationship with my dad. Like, never. So what changed? Both. Maybe both we were like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to stay with you. I know I have to. Because after I broke up with this boy, he was like, I'm willing to take you in with me, live with me. And I was just like, and my mom told me like, okay, I know I can take you with me. But you're going to get crazy. Like, you're going to do the same shit as ever because I'm really nice to you. And I really want you to live with your dad because you're going to be a different girl. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I want to be a different girl, maybe. Because with my dad, it's just not like, yeah, I'm going to go skateboarding and smoke weed and get really drunk and then come back to the house. And I mean, it's not like my mom... doesn't care but she's more like okay you're free to do what you want to do it's up to you but my dad is just like no you cannot arrive home like super high mm-hmm. like it's just not i wouldn't think about it because my dad is going to be like super crazy so when you're 17 though you fled mexico city and moved to puerto escondido is that correct yeah it was really crazy because At that point in my life, I was getting really crazy. I was living with my mom. But my sister just entered to a really, like, Ivy League university, like, in Mexico. Like, really, really, really nice university. Super expensive. But all our life, we were waiting for that. Because since we were kids, my dad was saving for... Our university. What did your dad do for a living? He sells flowers. Like high-end flower arrangements. He has like a flower business. It's like totally family business for my grandparents since it was like the 70s or something. They started and they have like a lot of lucky and they have like a really good business. It was really good for everyone. So they supply flowers like big corporations for their business? It's not for corporations. It's for just like fancy people. Oh. Like, real big personalities. I would love to spend time in the flower store because you can meet, like, really, really high people, like, artists and 
uh, people from the government that they can, oh yeah, I want, I'm going to throw a party. Give me all the flowers and I'll pay you. And they can pay a lot of money for, re no, the flowers are just like my love. But when I think about it, I will be like, no way, I wouldn't pay that much. It's just like, oh yeah, give me that, give me that, give me that. Yeah, how much is it? Like 30,000 pesos. Don't worry. And I want that. And I'm just like, yeah, they have money to pay for it. What'd your mom do? She was for the government. Okay. But doing what? Uh, she's like the assistant, so like a real high, like the go governor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The governor of Mexico City. Yeah, no, the governor of a the tiny, like a, yeah. Okay. Interesting, because you have a passion for politics. I mean, you went to school for what, international relations? Yeah, I really like it. Since I was like 15 years old, like 14, I used to have like a lot of history classes in school, but I wasn't like, my teacher was really old. She never would come to and showed up to a class, so I was just like, yeah, I don't care. But then they bring like a new teacher And I was just like really interested, and, like really passionate about. It. He will tell us like you should read this book, you should read about Mexican history because we were all like super stupid, like yeah, we just want to party or yeah, we need to get good grades, but we don't fucking care about it. So he was just like really from a different school, like from a different perspective, because he studied in the. National University for Mexico. It wasn't like he had a different background for us, but he was just like, I remember our first class, He, I was just like, yeah, could you put me in A? He was just like, if you want to. But people in the 70s, in the 68, when everything in Mexico was really fucked up, they didn't fucking care for fucking A, but if you want it, I'll put it. And I was just like, yeah. What am I worrying for about a grade or anything? So I started reading books and I started getting really into Mexican politics, about real history. And then I could start like really passionate about Middle East, about the United States, about all Central America, all the world. I was just like super stoked to see the world. What was your goal? When you started learning about all this, what were you, I know you're interested in a lot of these pol politics in different places in the world, but did you have a goal of what you were trying to achieve by learning all this? No, my goal was just like, see how, how every act of every person was really related to the other one. It's really beautifully said. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, This United States president did that on Vietnam, and then Vietnam was really struggling with this. But at the same time, Chile was going through this, and it's just like all related, hmm. which is really interesting for me. And you were going to pursue a career with this international relations, yeah. and you took a job, I think, doing what? Uh, international affairs and international commerce at one point after yeah. university? But your real passion, surfing, kind of took over. Is that correct? Actually, since I came back from Puerto, my only goal was, yeah, study, because it was really important for me, but I 
talked with my mom since the beginning, like, and she told me, you don't have to study to be someone in life. And I was really aware of that. And I was just like, yeah, well, I'm going to study. My daddy supported me. Yeah, go ahead. But my goal was, like, never pursue a career in it. Like, I did it because I love it. I did it because I really wanted to learn so much. But it wasn't like, okay, when I'm gonna to, I'm going to graduate, I'm gonna get this really good job, and I'm go, like, it was never my dream. Like, by the point I knew I was going to finish my major, I was going to be off Mexico. Oh, out of Mexico? Out of Mexico. Really? What, yeah, like, I, re- I already knew it. Oh, yeah? So out of Mexico? Yeah, where, I already where, knew it. Where? Where were you thinking? Like My dream was Australia. Or Indonesia or Sri Lanka. All based around waves. Yeah. All the other all the other way. But it was really expensive. Like I could go to California, but I didn't want to go to California. It was just like like no my yeah, I wanna I was looking for a place. Like here, like more a place like you can, a lot of waves, like, yeah, like a lot of people talk about Nicaragua, perfect on crowd of waves about they talk in Indonesia, but you don't get perfect on what on crowd of waves. It's just like pursuing your wave every day. Like, okay, today is like that. I have to embrace it. I'm going to have so much fun. Today is huge. I'm fucking scared, but I'll try. Like, that's what I wanted to do. So did you fly in Nicaragua, or did you take the bus from Mexico City? No, actually, I fly. Yeah, I got, like, a really cheap flight in Mexico. Like, it's, like, kind of like Friday in Mexico. So, yeah, I had the money because I had, like, some money because I already started working. I bought the flight. I didn't tell anyone. Like, until a week after to my sister and my mom, like, okay, I think I have to tell you this. But I never told my dad until, like, three months later. He wasn't like, hey, dad, I bought a flight to Nicaragua. He will be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Why did you choose Nicaragua, though? Well, because I had a lot of friends in Puerto that told me that Nicaragua was really good. Hmm. A lot of them. And I was just like, okay, I cannot afford to go to Australia right now. I will, maybe in the future. I totally will. But, you know, I have like some paradise over here. So I think I have to go and explore them. A lot of Aussies come to Nicaragua. A lot of people from all over the world. So, and my, actually my dream was maybe like buy a van and drive like all South America. But, yeah, I got scared. Did you? Yeah, because I was just like, no, I don't want to go there by myself to El Salvador and Honduras. Like, yeah, I'm from Mexico. I can handle it, but no, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I might never arrive to Nicaragua because of that. It's interesting to hear that because I do think there's a lot of misperceptions about people living in these cultures. They might not have a fear of places that are perceived as dangerous 
because they might be living in a place that's perceived as dangerous like Mexico City. But we had a funny conversation yesterday because you went to the border to do your border run. Um, Nicaragua is in a political situation now where there's tronques or roadblocks Road. all over the country. Um, and you got to Rivas and they basically said like there aren't any buses going to the border. And can you talk about that experience? I mean, you're, you're a fluent Spanish speaker. And can you talk about the, the, the situations that you encountered along the way? Yeah, for sure. It was a really, really, really nice, crazy experience because I went to Rivas like three weeks ago to renew my visa. They told me like, no, we cannot do it. You have to go to Managua. And I knew the situation of the country. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to Managua for no way. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pay the fee. It doesn't matter. But then I thought like, okay, if I really want to stay longer, I might have a problem if I'm like an illegal over here. So I decided like, okay, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. I searching in Google Maps. It's really fast. John always told me, like, yeah, go to Peñas Blancas. So it's like the feeling when you're going to a really important, like, important act in your life. Like, oh, my God, how are you feeling when you're going to big waves tomorrow surfing? Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I really love that feeling. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I really need to make it happen. So I went to Rivas. I grabbed the bus over here. It was good. And then to Rivas, and then I arrived there. And I read, like, a lot of articles from a lot of travelers in Nicaragua. Like, no, when they tell you, like, there is no buses, do not believe them. And I was just like, yeah, for sure. And I've traveled Nicaragua kind of a lot. So I know them. It's just like my culture. So I arrived there and there was like no a lot of buses. Like at all. Then I went like asking everyone. They were like, hey, are you dumb? You don't know what's going on. And I'm just like, yeah, I know what's going on, but I need to go to the border. They tell me like, no, today it's really important because they're doing like a really huge roadblock all over the country. And I was just like, why did I choose this day? I could just have to stay and sleep. And, and then a lot of things went to my mind. I was just like, maybe I can go with the immigration people here in Rivas and talk to them. And I was just like, no, Regina, you really have to go. So I was just like talking with the people over there. And one of the guys that I asked him first, like, where is the Peñas Blancas? Was no, there is no bus. He talked to me like, you know, there is a lot of people that are willing to go to the border. We are going to open a booth. Do you want to go? But I was just taking another booth just like to come back. I was just like, no, maybe I can do it another day that is calmer. So he was, he went, he jumped into the booth where I was and he was like, where are you going? We are in another booth to the border. And I was just like, I don't know. And he told me, like, no, 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 come here. Yeah, we're going to charge you a hundred Cordobas. And I was just like, well, I can afford it. But then I thought about all the people that really need to go to the border. You pay like 30 pesos to go to the border. And the fact that everyone was paying that is because they really need to go. So 
I worked there like an hour and they, they told us like, yeah, we're going to grab another, another way that is kind of sketchy. So we went over there. It was really, really crazy. Like a lot of people were just like, no, this is everyone. Everyone I speak with, like maybe here in Gigante, we all are aware of that, but we don't talk a lot about it. When I went there, everyone was just like, no, the situation of the country. And I really, yeah, because I can speak really good Spanish. I really go like to, and what do you think about it? Like, what is your perspective? No, and I really like to hear like every people's perspective because everyone, yeah, thinks about like kind of the same, but they don't. So yeah, crossing the border was really crazy. Thank but you God. made it there. You made it back. I no made it back. Like I was just like, what am I gonna do? I was so scared. Like I might not be back to Gigante. Like for tonight, I might just have to stay in San Juan del Sur. What am I gonna do? I and everyone by the time we were coming back, like I finished all my paperwork. They were like, no, the roadblock is getting crazy. They already killed other people in Managua and other people here and other people there. And we might not be able to even go to the Chocolata way. And I was just like, no way, what am I going to do? I was like super happy, like, yeah, I have another three months. But I might not be able to go back today. But then I thought like, okay, well, I have three months. I have time to go back home. <laughs> what I thought was so interesting when we had the discussion was the fact that you do speak such good Spanish. I mean, you can communicate and be clear in what you're trying to articulate and you understand what they're saying, but yet you still have people trying to rip you off, which you found out they weren't. There was really only, it was really a hundred chords for everybody. Um, you still had insecurities about what could happen. You know, as you went to the border, had to go through these roadblocks where I mean, it's been very peaceful at all the roadblocks. There hasn't been too many violent events towards tourism. You know, this is something that's not necessarily directed at tourists. Um, but I really just struck a chord with me that, like, I think a lot of Westerners, we we travel with the fear because we don't speak the language. Somehow we're, we're going to be treated different, which is true. But you're Mexican and you're treated different in Nicaragua. And I think we generalize as Americans that like, oh, it's all the same. Like she's going to be treated like a Nicaraguan and like, there's no, it's not like you get treated like a tourist. Yeah. Someone that you can take advantage of if there's an opportunity, somebody that you give misinformation to somebody totally. that, and totally cheaping. And I've learned that knowing the hard way, but imagine it's just like an example. When I used to go to Manawa a lot because I used to live in a transit here in Nicaragua. So I will go to Manawa to do some shopping or to travel. And I have to ask the people three times which route I had to take to go to Walmart, to go to the bus station three times to make sure because they didn't know. Or they're trying to give you the wrong information. No, they didn't know. Like no, they, they were know. like super sure, like, yeah, 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 take the 18 route. And then I will go to another people like, you know, if the 18 route goes to the Walmart, no, it's the 25. So it's just like fucking shit. Like I have some crazy experience in Manawa. After I learned how to move, I was just like, yeah, nobody's going to tell me anything because 
And I was just like, once I told to a girl, like, I had so much problem to get to the Walmart, which is really easy. And in Mexico, you have like a lot of public transportation and they would tell me like, yeah, but Mexico is crazy. <laughs> Mexico is super insane. Like, you have a lot of people. And I thought, like, yeah, but it's kind of easy to me because you know it. Because you're used to it. Because if you go to India with some Indian people, they are going to be, like, super fine and you're going to get, like, super crazy. It's just, like... We well, touched upon something that's interesting, too, because a lot of cultures um, feel bad for not knowing, so they will make it up and just try to be helpful, which they're trying to be helpful. They're not trying to be disrespectful they- or, like, but it's, like... Not helpful, you know, but they want to be so they just give you directions even though they don't yeah, know. Like, how can I, oh, yeah, grab that, but it's fucking wrong. And I'm just like, thank God I didn't took all the information because then I will be really like more fucked up. So you've got three more months. You've come back to a country that has political strife right now that some, the Western world, the world in general maybe thinks is more dangerous now than even Mexico. Uh, what are your parents telling? What are they saying? Well, my parents, I don't think... They read the news. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, my sister does. But I think my dad, I've talked to him like, you know, dad, there's... I don't know if he doesn't want to tell me that he's really worried. But he's like, no, I don't think so. Because if he really knew what's going on, he will tell me that jumping in a fucking airplane like right now and I want you here and yeah like my my mom's father my grandpa he's like super intelligent he's a history teacher so he talked to me on Facebook and I was just like really grandpa and he was like no, take care. Please don't join the projects. I mean, I know who you are. I know that you're really into it, but I don't want you to get hurt and anything. And all my family, I think they're getting like this Nicaragua news, but just like maybe they don't take it too seriously because in Mexico it's worse. I mean, yeah. It's not like putting in perspective, but yeah. Over here, they they have killed like 80 people. But 80 people is the, is the persons that die in Mexico every day because of the cartels, because of the violence, because there's some really red zones for girls. Like if you go there, walk over there, no matter what you're wearing, you're going to get killed and raped. So yeah, Mexico is still really gnarly for us. I think they're maybe just like, oh yeah, and you care how they're like having problems with the, the government. It's what happened in Mexico like most of the time. Every day you have a protest. They do not kill the people, but every day they are like blocking roads and just like putting crazy traffic because they are not a lot of people that are not happy with the government in Mexico. But it's just like, oh yeah, they're just doing it. But the situation in here, it's really bad. 
Like, no, because in Syria they are getting killed and with biological weapons. It doesn't mean, like, Nicaragua is not less important. That's yeah. what I really think about it. Like, other people are just like, yeah, the warly Middle East. But when you realize, when you do, like, a really tiny research, this has been for a long time in Israel, in Gaza, in Africa. You're, we're just like, yeah, because we don't know. Because information is power. And I'm just, but you don't know what's going on. No, there's like a lot of people don't know. Or maybe they have like the wrong news. Like the news the media wants you to have. Like in all countries. Mm. So that's why maybe my dad and my mom are not like really that crazy about it. Yeah. So you're 21. You have a passion for surfing. You're in Nicaragua for another three months. Thank you God. saved up, you know, saved up like a couple grand, a couple thousand dollars for this trip. Do you have a long-term plan? I mean, are you going to keep going south? Are you going to have to go home and go back to work? Are you going to go try to start a career in Mexico City? Like, what are you thinking you're, you're going to do? What's your next move? What's well, your plan? my next move, it will be like totally, I'm going to stay here, I think, until August. Yeah, because I think it's also my time to go home. Like, my family was just like, they really want me to be there with them. Not because of the situation, they they just really want me there. But my plan was always, okay, I cannot afford Australia right now. I can afford other places. So my plan is, like, going back to Mexico. Uh, yeah, like, study a little bit. I really need to work on my French and do like a certificate for that. But then in December, I'm applying for a scholarship to Australia. Great. Yeah. And study politics in Australia? Yeah, study politics in Australia. I'm really, really excited because I really read like all the programs that they have and I'm really passionate about it. I really like it. And if I can take an opportunity of the government, like it's not... It's not like credit. It's not like, okay, you're going and when you come back, you have to pay us. If you get that scholarship, they are going to pay for all your education and all the time you're going to spend over there. So I can make my dream come true because, and yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people that told me like, I know I'm intelligent. I know who I am and I know I can make it true. And if I can take an opportunity, I will, because there's like a lot of people that does it, but there's like a lot of people that do not believe in themselves. I mean, I'm not the most intelligent girl in the world. I, there's like a lot of people over there, but if I believe in me, I know I can do it. I know I will. That's so like for sure. Said. Yeah, for sure. Every time I go some new place, every time it's just like, yeah, I'm really scared, but okay, I can do it. I can do it. I'll trust myself. Everything is going to be okay. Even sometimes it just like goes all really, really wrong. But yeah. That's really, really nicely said. Beautiful. Yeah. What, 
where in Australia is the university that you'll study It's in Macquarie. I think it's in Brisbane. Okay. Yeah. I've never been, but I'm sure I've it'll never be there. been over there. I have a really nice friend that lives Western Australia. She says over there it's really beautiful. I would love to go there, but there is like a lot of sharks over there. <laughs> I mean, all Australia, but the Western part. And I'm, yeah, talking about Australia, once I was really walking into a really important avenue in Mexico when they put some artists, like exposure. Yeah. So there was like this really nice show about Aussies artists, but not like white. They were like Aborigin, like the people that were from there. They were, I was just so stuck. I really, really liked the way they were representing the culture, like the way they have to go through to walk the country, like walk the country north to south. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really fond of those cultures too. So I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm really hungry to see the world. Well, we're hungry to hear what happens, you know, in the next five years from you and, and what you accomplish and where you find yourself. And um, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We thank appreciate you your time. Really I love you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you again for taking the time to join me for another episode of Misfits and Rejects. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and enjoy these inspirational stories that I find around the world. Remember, if you want to support Misfits and Rejects, you can do it via Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash Misfits and Rejects. Any donation helps. Any support helps, whether it's just sharing with a friend. I really appreciate you and think you're also very beautiful. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.